Mike Brown is out. Phil Jackson is in. No, wait. Phil Jackson is out. Mike D'Antoni is in. Wait. What? What a wild, wild four days this has been, huh? Man, so just just a few days ago, we were still working with Mike Brown. <clears throat> we are getting ready for a game, wondering how long it was going to take the team to pick up this offense. He was uh, taking criticism about underutilizing Steve Nash. All of a sudden, pow, Mike is gone. He's been let go. And then we're going to get Phil Jackson. All all signs pointed towards Phil being the next coach. People were just counting on it, banking on it. And then all of a sudden, now we're not going with Phil. We're going with Mike D'Antoni, and he's our new coach. So, wow, what just happened? Okay, that's, uh, that's what we're going to talk about this episode. And, man, what a doozy of a four days it has been. Uh, Lakers have a new coach. Mike D'Antoni, plenty of drama to go with it. Lots of people think it's a bad bad idea. Some people think it's a good idea. Uh, Phil Jackson's upset. Kurt Rambis is upset. The team seems okay with it. I'm sure the present lame duck duck coaching staff headed by uh, Bernie is upset because they're not going to have a job, and it's just, my goodness, everybody's upset. So, let's let's sort through this, this business, shall we? I mean, first of all, I was going, I was getting ready to do a podcast before all this went down. I was getting ready to do one uh, and talk about what's wrong with the team, and talk about Mike Brown and Mike Brown's coaching, and uh, I kind of want to kind of do just talk a little bit about that just just because I feel kind of bad that I mean once this this whole thing went down on Friday it was like wow Mike Brown got let go what happened and little everybody was talking about Mike Brown and this and that and then as soon as almost immediately the Phil Jackson is is going to come back rumors started happening that's all anybody talked about and that's all anybody's been talking about this whole time it's like it's almost like Mike Brown Mike Brown is is gone nobody even cares they're saying anything about him and and four days ago he was the head coach of the Lakers I mean it's it's kind of crazy you know and so I mean I, I do I do want to before we get into the whole Phil Jackson D'Antoni business um I want to I want to talk touch on Mike Brown a little bit because I, I feel I feel kind of bad you know for the guy um Everybody who has dealt with him says he's a really great guy, super nice person, um, incredibly hard worker. The players were were saying it, incredibly prepared, um, all those things, which which is why he got the gig in the first place. Uh, you know, he went into this interview completely prepared with his with his notebooks and his preparation and all that stuff, and he had big ideas for how he was going to run the team and and this and that he was uh unfairly saddled with a lockout shortened season and no training camp so he kind of got a lot of leeway for last year 
Um, but there was a lot of expectation going into this year, and uh, eyebrows kind of got raised a little bit during the preseason when the Lakers didn't win a single game and seemed to have be having a lot of trouble um, executing the new Princeton-style offense. I'm going to say Princeton-style offense because it wasn't really the Princeton offense. It was like a hybrid of the Princeton office. It, it offense. It had some uh, similarities to it, but it differed a lot also. Um, we, we had some, uh, some issues with that. We're, we're trying to work through. The team was trying to exercise patience, um, and things kind of weren't, weren't happening. And my last podcast I talked about, as we were just entering, about to enter the regular season, I talked about how Laker fans should not expect um, the Lakers to come out of the gate on fire um, right away. We needed to expect pretty much more of the same what we had been seeing in the preseason, which is a little bit of com- of unorganization, a lack of communication, turn- high turnovers, and not a whole lot of hustle. And sure enough, that's exactly what we got, and teams were beating us. You know, because this is the NBA. This is not high school. It's not college. This is the NBA. Every every team is good. I mean, there are teams we look at as like, oh, that team sucks. You know, you're you're Charlotte or you're Sacramento or whatever. But every team has great players on it, and and they can win if they hustle. And you're not hustling, they will beat you. I think that's a good thing about the NBA right now is that any team can beat another team if. The team that's supposedly better doesn't bring bring their A game any given night. And as Laker fans, we are very aware of that uh, because we've been dealing with that for years, years with supposedly having this great team or the best team, championship-level team, and then we just phone it in on certain games. You know, Lakers have been really bad at so-called playing down to the level of their opponents when they play under 500 teams and they tend to lose because they don't bring it, you know? And um, that's that has been a thing that kind of has started with the Phil Jackson era, you know? We've been dealing... We dealt with that under Phil Jackson. I mean, we, 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 not, we like to look back at it as this glorious time in Laker history when Phil was here and... The Lakers never lost, and we won all these championships. And it, it, you know, it wasn't wasn't necessarily like that. Yeah, we won a lot of championships, you know, but there was struggles as a fan. Man, you it was so frustrating to get go through the the regular season watching the team just not show up or mail it in or be unenthused or even so much almost uninterested in games, and and always. Write it off as you know. We'll be there for the playoffs. The playoffs is when it really counts, and 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 this and that. And so with the new staff under Mike Brown, was the one thing I was really really excited that the Lakers were going to have a new attitude about that, and they were going to come in and hustle and work. And uh, has it really? It didn't really turn out that way because the first. Four or five games of the season this year under Mike Brown uh, kind of had this the more of the same, you know, just not no hustle, no effort. Teams were outworking us. They were out hustling us, out rebounding us. We have all this talent, the greatest team ever assembled on paper, and we couldn't beat anybody. Um, and it was all pointing to 
effort, it looked like, um, or sustained effort, motivation. You know, uh, it's not. It's not like the team wasn't trying. I they were. They were trying. I mean, they're they're professionals, and and but they they were out there trying. But it wasn't. It wasn't the same level of effort and expectation as the teams that we were playing, and that's why we were losing. A lot of people are were pointing it at Mike Brown as saying that the Princeton offense is not a right fit for the team, and you know Charles Barkley was heavily quoted on his saying i want i want my accountant from princeton i don't want my offense from there um blah ha, 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 blah 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 everybody's saying it's how wrong it is i didn't have a problem with them trying to ins- ins- install the princeton offense they weren't one they weren't really running a true the true princeton it was a it was a hybrid like i said um that they would use sometimes they were still gonna he, Mike Brown was criticized heavily for not utilizing Steve Nash. Um, and he was going to, I think. And he, he had planned, they were planning on running running fast breaks and running the pick and roll and then settling into a half court, the Princeton style sets. But they the that was the part that they were having trouble with. And so that was, they were focusing on that's the stuff that they were trying to run in games, um, which is why Steve Nash seemed to not be utilized as much and they kept preaching it's it's gonna happen steve has the option of running it if he wants to and but steve is obviously trying to do what the coach wants him to do and and run the plays that the coach is asking him to play to run and uh you know we all saw we all saw the results um would it have gotten better um probably uh how long would it have taken um I don't know. It could have. It's been hard because of the injuries. You know, Dwight Howard came into the season injured. Kobe had an injured foot in preseason. Steve Nash has an injured leg and was out. I mean, that that team, that starting lineup, had only played, what, one and a half games together under under Mike Brown? I mean, it's it was kind of, you know... Kind of ridiculous. Um, would it have gotten better? I believe it would have gotten better. Um, and the i the idea I think that he had, which is we're gonna we're gonna run pick and rolls with Steve Nash and Dwight Howard. We're gonna we're, that's we're gonna do that. That's easy. We can do that in our sleep. But we need to have something else so that we when we do settle into a half court offense, especially in the playoffs, we have something else to go to. Um, you know, and just running pick and rolls would make us a really good team, but running pick and rolls and having a read style offense that we can utilize in a half court that um, that makes us unbeatable. And that was the philosophy. That was the theory. And I, I, I don't think it was a bad theory. Um, my concern was the implementation of that theory. And this is when where my issue with um, Mike Brown stems, uh, not in the system, um, not in his preparation, but in his implementation. Because the problem that I was seeing with the team was effort, effort, hustle. Uh, I, I think it was caused because they were a little bit confused. You know, obviously the turnovers were caused by that. Um, because they weren't all didn't know where people were supposed to be all the time. Passes 
getting thrown out of bounds, guys not being where they're supposed to be. Happens had happened a lot, and it didn't seem to be getting uh, getting much better. The problem with Mike Brown that I have, uh, and that this this was my problem when they very first hired him. This was my concern, and I kind of got over it because of his work ethic and his preparation. My concern was: is he a true leader of men, for a uh, a lack of a better term? Can he really motivate? these star players to get out there and really work. And the problem that I saw is that he what didn't seem to be able to do that. I think that's the that was his downfall is that he I was very concerned about the fact that he let LeBron run all over him in Cleveland. LeBron pretty much ran that team, ran the schedule, ran everything that they did. I, I talked about this in one of the earlier, the earlier podcasts um, in the beginning of the postseason from last season. I talked about this extensively about the fact that Mike Brown um, didn't have any control of the team, and LeBron pretty much did what he wanted uh, on and off the court. And it was kind of my. It wasn't just Mike Brown; it was the ownership also gave him complete carte blanche to do whatever he wanted and um and then they were upset when he left. So that was the thing I was concerned with with Mike Brown and I think that's what really started rearing its head especially once we got we established the quote super team unquote when we got Steve Nash, we got Dwight Howard um he was treating these guys with with baby gloves, you know. Is it okay if we do this? Is it is okay if we do that. Hey, hey, I'm thinking of uh, leaving you in for another two minutes, and then and then bringing you down for some rest. Is 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 that okay? Yeah, man, do what you got to do. You know, you're the coach. Um, there was a a video that they were showing. Uh, they made a commercial of it where um, Steve Nash when he first came into the organization and, and was meeting everybody when when he first met um, Mitch Kupchak, when he first met uh, Mike Brown and, and those guys, they, they filmed it and they were running it in a, in a promotion for the season. And the interaction between Steve Nash and, and Mike Brown was really telling to me because Mike Brown, again, everybody talks about how hard he works and how prepared he is, and yes, and that is very true, and I think he has to, he needs to do that, and he knows he needs to do that, because he's he's usually not, how should I say this, he's usually not the smartest guy in the room, per se, in terms of uh, basketball. And you can see that, that he knows that, and that little bit of insecurity, I think, comes out a lot, and it was coming out with his dealings, with the players, when when he first met Steve Nash, he asked him if he'd ever uh, considered coaching, and Steve Nash was like, "No, that's what are you talking about?" And he's like, "Okay, good. And my job is safe then." Ha 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 ha! Everybody kind of laughed, but I kind of looked at that. I was like, "Wow, that's so." That's what that's what you do when you're insecure. You kind of laugh, you make a joke of something that Steve Nash would take his job because Steve Nash, Nash is so smart, implying you're not. So I think there was a little bit of uh, insecurity going on with that. And and with Steve Nash, I think the same thing with, with Powell and def- definitely with Kobe, 100%. Um, so I think, I think that caused some, some problems. 
it caused some some strife. I think the the stars of the team were a little bit um, frustrated because Mike wasn't really coaching them. He wasn't leading them. There was a, a behind the scenes special on on Time Warner Cable um, where Mike Brown was mic'd up for a game, and you saw him dealing with Pow in the middle of a game decision. The, the conversation that I said earlier about, hey, we're going to take you out in about two and a half minutes. Is that okay? That was an actual uh, quoted conversation between him and Steve Nash. And there's another time where he did kind of the same thing with Pal on, this, on the sideline during a timeout. I was asking Pal, like, how, how are you feeling? Um, you want you want to you stay in or, or you want to come out come out and rest? Do you, well, I might keep you out for a little bit. What, what, what do you think? What do you want to do? And, and Pal's like, hey, man, wh- whatever you want, <laughs> whatever you need, just – and he kind of had that impression. He didn't say it, but he had that impression like, dude, you're the coach, okay? Tell me what to do, and I'll do it. But just tell me. And th- those things, those little isolated moments kind of gave me a little insight of, of kind of how things were, were going in terms of him dealing with the stars. And I think um, so that kind of makes sense in, in their performance. You know, if they're a little bit confused because people aren't used to the offense aren't used to the Princeton or whatever variation that they're they're running and then he's not really he's not demanding of them the kind of effort and energy that is required so they're not really giving it I mean they're out there working I'm not saying they're not working the guys went went out in games and were working hard but it wasn't that extra effort when you know a coach is is gonna get on you or bench you if you keep being lackadaisical in the course of the game, and that was not happening, and I think it was causing uh, a little issues with the bench too. I mean, the bench play was terrible in the beginning of the season, first few games under Mike Brown. I mean, they they were terrible, and I and I think this whole thing had a had a part of it. I think guys like you know Jody Meeks for some reason got in Mike Brown's doghouse and was playing no, no minutes like he couldn't he couldn't get in a game you know because he probably did something in practice he probably didn't run back you know for on defense or or was lackadaisical about a play or something and so he got in the doghouse and Mike Brown refused to play him and so Jody probably looked at that and was like well okay here in this game today Kobe had eight turnovers being lazy with the ball, you know, and he and and what do you say to him? Nothing. It's a complete double standard, you know, where the stars get get this baby treatment, get treated with royalty, and never get said that they're doing stuff wrong. And they were doing stuff wrong. Kobe's turnovers were one of the highest on the team. You know, Powell wasn't always giving consistent effort throughout the entire game. But those guys never got, they never said anything to him. So if, you know, if you're on the bench and you're like, well, we're getting, you know, shafted over here, not even getting able to play for doing, doing the same thing as they're doing, and you're not even saying anything to them, that it, it just, it doesn't make you really want to give everything that you have for that coach. You know, when that coach tells you, get out there and run, you're not like, yeah, coach, here we go. Let's do it. You're like, whatever, dude. You know, and, and that, I think, if you're a professional, you're always going to go out and work. But those type of things in your head, I think, will translate to the kind of lackadaisical effort that we were seeing in those games. And that right there, that is why, that is the problem that I had with, uh, with Mike Brown. 
And I, I think I would like to think that uh, Mitch and maybe even Jim saw that also and that that was a reasoning for them. Uh, I don't know that, but it could be. I mean, Mitch's statement when Mike Brown was released pretty much focused on the fact that he 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 didn't see improvement in the team. He knows they were struggling with the new offense, with the new scheme, uh, but he, he wasn't seeing improvement. And would he would the team get better? Uh, over a period of months, possibly, uh, but it was a gamble because what if they didn't? What if the team never really got it? What if it didn't start to get better? What if the improvement didn't start happening? And then you're you're even farther into the season having to make these same kind of decisions that we're thinking about right now. Do we keep them? Do we go with someone else? We've already had two months of the season go by. We've already had three months of the season go by. It's the all-star break, and they're still not getting it. What what do we do? Do we fire a coach mid-season? You know, and if they're going to be in that situation then, that they're kind of thinking about those t- same things now, then it just doesn't make any sense to go that far when, when you can make a change now and have pretty much an entire season for a new coaching staff to uh, to utilize what they're going to do. So I think that's, that's kind of uh, that's what happened. I think maybe Mike Brown's niceness, his uh, his nice personality, maybe kind of hurt him a little bit in terms that he he couldn't step up and be the look, Kobe. You need to run. You need to take care of the ball. You know, he never did that with LeBron. He probably wasn't used to it. Maybe he thought that that's how you're supposed to deal with superstars. You know. Um, I don't know, but he wasn't doing it, and I think that's uh, that's that's what was wrong. That was what was wrong with the team. I was going to talk about how Mike Brown needs to really step up and take control of the team and start demanding things, start demanding excellence from them in practice and in the games, and then uh, turn around and I look, and he got fired. So, so there it is. So Mike Brown is gone. All that work. Uh, last season, kind of a bust, and now here we are, a couple weeks into the regular season, coachless. So, first thing the team does is they go out, they kind of get together as a team, gather together, say, all right, we're going to go out and we're going to kind of throw everything out the window and kind of just go play, and that that new sense of of freedom, and and they took the pressure off of themselves and just went out and played and they were amazing. They were they were brilliant. They went out and they floored Golden State. Um a team that had killed us in the preseason. You know, and it was uh it was it was beautiful. I mean, that kind of usually happens when there's a coaching change. You have a new coach or an inner interim staff comes in. A team usually plays pretty well right off the bat. Hardly ever does it sustain, but you know, right off the bat it's it's fairly common. And that's what happened. That's what happened with us. Um, with then, then we had Sacramento on on Sunday, and uh, it was the same <clears throat> same kind of thing. We kind of threw threw it all out the window. I don't know if they ran a single Princeton set, um, but again, this we we beat Sacramento by like twenty, and it was the same thing with Golden State. And seeing that that was it was such for me. It was as a fan. It was such a breath of fresh air that that is what I've been wanting for years, for years, for the team to go out no matter who they're playing and have a sense 
of urgency and importance and that we are we are going to go run and hustle and we are going to thrash these guys because that's what we do you know and i i have not gotten that sense from the team in, in pre phil jackson you know i mean not not since like nick van exel was running the point you know and we're going back so it it was nice it was nice to see it was really nice to see so then the rumors started happening almost immediately. Oh, we're getting Phil Jackson. We're, Mitch mentioned him in this press conference about firing Mike Brown. Of course, Phil Jackson, we'd be negligent not to look at that. And um, so, ever, so again, everybody's feeling, sources say Phil is interested in the job, so it's, it's a done deal, right? Of course they're going to get Phil back. Who else would they get who's better than Phil Jackson, right? And you'd argue nobody. I mean, he's there. He's unemployed. He he's sources say he's been he would love to uh, coach this team with this roster. How fun would that be? Um, so there it is. A lot of people are just assuming that's what it's going to be. They said, oh, they might talk to Mike D'Antoni also, and they might talk to uh, to the other Mike. I forget his name. Uh, maybe Nate McMillan, um, Jerry Sloan, maybe, uh, but. But pretty much, it's gonna be it's gonna be Phil, and people were excited about that because you know Phil Jackson means championships. Phil wanting to come back that means championships. That's what it means, and and the Lakers are gonna be on top again, and we're gonna win more more championships with Phil. So Saturday, the day after they fired Mike Brown, supposedly they went, uh, Mitch and Jim Bus went to Phil's house and talked for about an hour and a half. And then said, uh, "Well, we'll uh, we'll come back to this in a couple of days. We'll both think about what we talked about, and we'll uh, we'll go from there." Um, now, what was actually said in that meeting is something that will probably be debated for a long time, uh, because the first thing that was coming out, um, and it is it's really. It's really unique, I think, in this this new age that we're living in, of of social media and instant information, where um, you get. I mean, information is immediate. I mean, with with Twitter and Facebook, especially with Twitter, um, it's it's you get information as as it happens. One, which is great, but two. It's almost like anybody can give information, so it's it's hard to tell which information. If you're not used to it, it's hard to, to sift through which information is legit and which is not. <clears throat> One of the challenges of uh, of using Twitter for your news source. But these um, things were coming out that of these demands that Phil uh, had made in his meeting, which was he. It, it came out that he was. Um, he he wanted his old salary, which is twelve million a year. He wanted um, control of all basketball relations. Uh, basically, he wanted to be acting GM, and he wanted some travel restrictions, uh, which is kind of like what he talked about the last time that he wanted to retire. And when he was talk- talking about coming back, he talked about um, when he when we won the back to back. When he decide what is it deciding if she should come back a third year go for the three-peat, he didn't want to travel with the team. And um, he was talking about the uh, the concept 
or the theory of not doing road games and having assistant coaches coaching road games and and so this is not a new concept so it was it was reported that 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 had been brought up again didn't want to do the road games or maybe even the the shoot arounds or or whatnot um and also it, it was reported that he was interested in having a stake in the in the team and ownership so these were sounded like pretty extravagant demands demands is probably a, a harsh word because like i said i wasn't there you weren't there we didn't we don't know what exactly was said or even how it was said but the fact that these things are are even out there on the table is uh, is a little concerning now there are people who had, who say doesn't matter what he's asking for you you give phil what he wants uh because he's phil jackson um and i don't necessarily agree with that if if there is truth to these things that he was asking for then that that seems just a little bit ridiculous uh to me um one okay the lake he the lakers are already on the hook in terms of the payroll one of the most expensive rosters in the entire league um just on the on the roster we're paying i think this year 30 million dollars in uh luxury cap tax and penalties to the rest of the year the rest of the league 30 million dollars because we're so far over the cap and because of the new cba the the new structure that has been implemented um the penalties grow exponentially if they're repeated over a course of years which means next year if we have the same roster which is the plan we will be paying upwards of 60 million dollars just in luxury tax penalties that's over and above the 100 million dollar payroll that we have plus an extra 60 million dollars just in in tax and which which is not even including the coaches salaries so the, they are spending money nobody should ever accuse the lakers of being cheap um they're they're spending money so because of mike brown's contract even though we let him go we're still we still owe him uh his his four million for this year this year's salary and for next year's salary also he's still getting paid so now we have to pay two head coaches I mean, on top of being one of the most expensive rosters in the league and having the hugest uh, luxury tax penalty in the league, now we have to pay two head coaches. So if if Phil was wanting or expecting uh, a pay consistent with what he was paying, getting paid before, i.e. $12 million, I mean, come on. You know, we have to pay Mike Brown's sol- salary and you $12 million? A, sem- uh, a semester, a season, uh, seems a little, when, when you say it like that, it seems a little bit extravagant. But, you know, if that was the only thing, see, I don't, I don't, I don't even think that would have been a deal breaker. I think, I think they would, they would have done it. You know, it's, it's your salary. It's what you made the last time you were here. So if we bring you back, you know, it's kind of, you know, good business. We pay you the same, the same salary. You know, not a raise, but not a not a salary dump. I, I don't think if if that were if that is true, 
I don't think that even would have been, you know, uh, a deal breaker. The the things that stick out in my mind is the control, more control of basketball re- associate of basketball decisions, which basically means he doesn't want Jim Jim Bus to tell him what to do. He they have had a non-existent at best um confrontational at worst relationship Phil Jackson and Jim Buss uh, when he was here before uh they don't like each other that is not well let me let me say let me say this i don't think phil well maybe the, doesn't like him is not really accurate cuz i don't really know i don't phil doesn't respect jim buss any farther than he can throw him okay i think that's pretty common knowledge uh jim buss has come out publicly saying how much he respects phil jackson and he he's you know the zen master he get, brought us so many championships this and that blah 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 i don't know if it's true or not who knows doesn't really matter but we all know they're they're not tight they're not hanging out at the bar having beers after after the game um so you can imagine if jim bus and mitch kupchak come to phil's house and say okay we want to offer you the laker coaching job Phil says, "Sure, I'll take I'll take the coaching job. Uh, I want twelve million a year, and uh, and I want your job. Um, oh yeah, and I want to be part owner. Probably not going to go too well. Now, obviously, that's one. That's an assumption that that was even said. And two, obviously, if it was, it was said nothing like I just said it. I'm doing that for, you know." entertainment purposes as you would say but the the meaning is is still there if it was brought up at all then it's out there you know no matter how it was brought up or how it was talked about and sources were reporting it uh pretty soon after after it happened you know sources close to the negotiations and who who know really knows what that means nobody knows what that means but if he's asking for that i i can fully understand why they didn't go with him you know, basically, if I'm the GM and I'm going to go over to your house to offer you this job and then you say, sure, but you want my job too, I don't know if I'm going to hire you, <laughs> you know. And, and, but, but the kicker on top of that is if he's, if he's asking for travel restrictions, if he's basically saying he doesn't want to go to all the road games, you know, because the traveling is so, is so hard, that's, that's a deal breaker too. I mean that that was a deal breaker before when he was coming back for that third that that shot at the three peat. You know, he had he had brought that up then and and they said uh yeah, no. If you're going to coach, you're going to be the coach. You're not going to coach part-time. You know, but if he if that came up again, which I can understand because like I said, it came up before. So it's this is nothing new from Phil. This is not like, oh, how could Phil even think that? Well, he's thought it before and he's brought it up before. So it would make sense that maybe you might bring it up again. Um, but basically, if you know the team is already on the hook for a hundred million dollar payroll, thirty million dollars uh, in in tax fees, and the the other head coach's salary that we just fired, and on top of that, you want to make twelve million dollars a year. You want to take my job. And you don't really even want to coach all the time yourself. You want to make twelve million dollars as a coach, but you don't want to coach all the time. I I don't see how they could have accepted that. I don't see how you go with Phil Jackson under those those circumstances. 
you know, and I can see them just saying, well, you know, let's take a couple days and uh, we'll think about it and we'll we'll see where we're at. And and then they go out and hire somebody else. I mean, business wise, that that makes sense to me. Um, I don't know why everybody's so so upset about it. And that's pretty much exactly what they did. You know, they went out and the next day on Sunday, they um, they hired Mike D'Antoni who I'm sure said, yes, I would love to coach. I don't have any travel restrictions. I will go to every away game and every home game and actually coach those games and coach shoot-arounds. And I don't want a piece of the pie. I don't want to be an o- part owner. And um, you're only offering me $4 million a year? Cool, I'll take it. You know, I mean, if, if, if skill level and coaching level are relative to each other, why would you not take that? You know, and this is not, you know, Mike Brown. This is this is not, you know, even even an unproven coach like Brian Shaw. I mean, this is Mike D'Antoni. I mean, he he. For those of you who don't know, he was uh, the coach of the Suns, though all those years in the mid two thousands where they knocked us up out of the playoffs when Steve Nash was MVP two years in a row. It was under uh, Mike D'Antoni. Uh, they were one of the most dangerous offensive teams in the league. Uh, they were scary good. They were scary quick. They had a ridiculously potent offense. Um, he went to the Knicks and didn't have as much success there. There was a lot of turmoil going on over there. And then last year in the midseason, he resigned. Slash, they were going to fire him. He resigned. Who really knows what happened? Uh, and then he's been not working uh, since then. So, but he he is pretty much the the minds the basketball minds of the world recognize Mike D'Antoni as a really, really brilliant basketball mind. Uh, he has incredible amount of respect across, uh, throughout the league. He's um, won tons of games as a head coach. Uh, he, the knock on him is that he's not a defensive-minded coach. Uh, and, that's, and that's true. He doesn't spend all that time on defense, but he, he knows that. And he's been quoted as saying, before all this Lakers stuff went down, that the next time he gets a head coaching job, he's definitely going to bring in a defensive specialist coach to have with him so he can improve that part of the game because he can't just have teams that are just offense only. He's got to he's got to have strong defenses and that's just not who he is. So he he would he would bring in someone to help him. Much much like what Mike Brown does. You know, where Mike Brown is um brings in people, smart guys around him to be around him and, and help him on things that he may not be, uh, you know, as proficient in. So that's that's exactly what Mike D'Antoni was thinking about doing even before all this Lakers stuff went, went down. And, and since then, he's talked about bringing, um, bringing in uh, Nate McMillan as his defensive uh, specialist assistant coach, which Nate McMillan is one of the guys we were considering interviewing for the head coaching position. So what a coup that would be, because uh, they both coached together on the Olympic team. They both coached Kobe and Dwight on the Olympic team in the last two Olympics. I mean, that would be f- fabulous. So uh, there's that. So if on that realm of thinking, that's pretty much that's why they went with um, with Mike D'Antoni. You know, and then they uh, they called up Phil and said, "Hey, we're going uh, we're going in another direction." Um, Phil was upset. 
<laughs> Phil kind of lashed uh, lashed out. He was, according to Phil, he thought that the job was his to take or leave, and he was planning on taking it, and he was going to meet back with him on Monday, as discussed, and he was going to take the job, um, and that would be that. I- I'm not sure what all that means in terms of if, if the... Um, I want to say demands because I'm sure it wasn't demands, but the things that were on that might have been on the table or even discussed or brought up um, were there. Then I think let's meet back in a couple of days and revisit this makes a lot more sense than what Phil is saying as the job is yours to take, Phil. You let us know in two days of your decision because that's that's how he's spinning it right now. That's what he's saying happened. Um. It's hard to say what exactly happened and what what went on, uh, but if they talked about any of those things that we talked about before in their meeting, then it makes perfect sense to me that Mitch and Jim and Jerry, Dr. Jerry Buss, would then go out and then they interviewed uh, with Mike D'Antoni. They also interviewed a couple other prospects too, and then you, if you find something that's good, then you you go with it. Um, and that's that's probably what happened. But now, if if what Phil is coming out and saying now is that uh, he made no demands, they didn't mention contract uh, stipulations at all. There was no ta- talk of travel restrictions. He was thinking about taking a pay cut. This all this is all the stuff that's come out like today, you know, because after he publicly had been turned down, basically, and and. They chose Mike D'Antoni over Phil. I'm sure Phil was a little embarrassed about that. And Phil Jackson isn't somebody who uh, who likes to be embarrassed. So he, it looks like now they're spinning it as as Phil. You know, basically they had a meeting. Phil told them that he was very confident he could do the job. He would take a pay cut. He didn't have any travel restrictions. He was all good to go, and they said, think about it for a couple days, and then let us know your decision on Monday, and then Sunday night they went and hired somebody else. Now, if that is all true, that's that sounds a bit dodgy and kind of ridiculous and stupid, I think. I, I don't... There's... Going from that or saying that, you know, they would met and Phil had all these demands. He wanted to be owner of the team and he wanted to not go on road trips and he wanted to sit in his high chair and, you know, he he wanted his meals brought to him on the bench and all this stuff. And so they obviously went in another direction. That makes sense to the other side. Now, which which one of those versions of what we have heard is true? Well, as these things usually go, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. You know, there was probably some mention of some of these things that Phil wanted or was interested in. Um, I I would be very surprised if they weren't brought up because if, you know, Phil, Phil had, he felt and was fairly right that he had all the leverage. Everybody wanted him. He knew the fan base was incredibly supportive of him coming back. Um, they sought him out to for an interview. Um, they had already fired their coach. They needed somebody bad. There was a very short list of coaches that could, you know, take over that position. 
he had all the leverage. So if you have all the leverage in a negotiation, why wouldn't you try to get what you want? I mean, that makes business sense, right? So it, it, it's, to me, it's not too far out of the realm of possibility that he might bring up some of these issues that he was thinking about. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, would be, I would be surprised if he made any kind of demands in that, but he might have brought it up, you know, so I would be interested in having more control of basketball relations, you know. I would be interested in possibly, you know, having an a updated travel schedule. I would be interested in, you know, getting a pay that's consistent with what I had been making before. I mean, th- these are all basic, you know, business negotiation things that under the situation that he was in wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility, I wouldn't think, for him to at least mention. I mean, why not ask for what you want? If you have the leverage and they're coming to you, why not ask for what you want? You know? So I think, like I said, the truth is kind of probably somewhere in the middle. Um, they left and and then went and, uh, and hired D'Antonio who obviously had far less restrictions on him. Now, there's also uh, Phil is is coming out in the press saying he's angry at, at how he was informed, that that basically he was woken up in the middle of the night to say that they were going with somebody else a day before he was supposed to come back to them with his response, you know, and how and that's just not the way things are, are dealt. To, to me, it's like, give me a break, okay? In this day and age, I mentioned before about instant information and sports reporting going on 24 hours a day, okay? They signed Mike D'Antoni to his contract at 12.30 a.m. Pacific time, okay? In the middle of the night is when they, is when they signed it. At, at midnight, okay, a half hour before... They finalized the deal with D'Antoni. Mitch called Phil to tell him that they were going another direction. Okay, to, to me, that's not rude. That's not shabby. That's respect. Okay, it was much, much reported when Brian Shaw was interviewing for the coaching job how he found out that he didn't get the job. He found out on SportsCenter. Okay, that's not cool, I think. And I think Mitch knew that. I think Mitch felt bad about that, and he definitely didn't want the same thing to happen with Phil. You know, the deal was going to be done that night. It was going to be done in the next half hour. So he called he called Phil to tell him personally what they were doing. You know, I, I say kudos to Mitch for making that call. You know, instead of just waiting until the morning, when you don't know if he's going to find out in the middle of the night. I did. I mean, I happened to be awake you know, at, at 3.30 in the morning because my daughter was sick and and throwing up in, in the middle of the night in her bed. And I was up with her and had my phone. I bust out Twitter and, oh, my God, I, I find out in the middle of the night that the Lakers have hired Mike D'Antoni, you know. So I found out at 3.30 in the morning. Who's to say that Phil wouldn't have found out at 3.30 in the morning if they hadn't called him? And you don't – that's how you don't want to find out. You don't want to find out that you're – not going to be the next coach of the Lakers when you think you're going to be. You don't want to find out over Twitter. Okay, so to avoid any possibility of that happening, Mitch called him. Yes, he called him at midnight because that's when the deal was going down. And sorry, 
Uncle Phil that you got woken up from your beauty sleep, but that's when it was going down, so that's when he respectfully, as I see it, called him and told him about it. So, so there you go. Now, which brings us to the huge question that everybody's asking, was this a mistake? Should we have given Phil the farm to, to come back and coach the Lakers? Are we making a mistake with hiring Mike D'Antoni? Um, my opinion is I don't think we are. I don't think we're making a mistake at all. Um, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a smart thing. And I think it's, in a lot of ways, it's a better plan uh, than going with Phil. What? What are you talking about? How could you say going with Mike D'Antoni is a better plan than going with Phil Jackson? Are you insane is what you're probably thinking right now. Or or you're saying if you're somebody like Stephen A. Smith. Um, but uh, no, I'm not insane. And that is, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay, yes, obviously Phil Jackson has the, the acumen, he has the reputation, he has the rings, he has the experience, he's the Zen master, he's a basketball genius. Yes, no question, no argument there, okay? Um, would this be the best roster he's ever coached? Yes. Um, would that make it easier? Yes, definitely. Will Phil be engaged and committed and work as hard as he can to make sure that this team unlocks its full potential and goes on and win the championship? I hope so. We don't know. Because, you know, if these things like we heard about in the negotiations are coming up, like, oh, Phil, he doesn't really want to have to do all the away games. He doesn't want to have to travel. and He still wants all this money, and uh, he wants part ownership, but he doesn't really want to coach. Then how is that going to translate into wins for our team? You know, and I, I think to me that's the biggest, the biggest thing. But let's let's get to let's get to X's, X's nose first because this is how Mitch is selling it right now um, to the media is that it was a purely an X's and O's decision that going with Mike D'Antoni and his system is the best fit for our roster right now um, and and I can I can understand where where he's coming from the whole point the the main reason that they publicly said that they let go of mike brown was because the players were having trouble picking up the system that he was trying to implement and they he was see, not seeing improvement in it the princeton offense is a very it's it's difficult it's difficult for teams to get that's which is why hardly anybody runs it right now um, it usually takes teams a couple years to really get a grasp of it. Uh, hardly anybody runs the Princeton offense. Now, I could say all those things about the triangle offense. Who runs the triangle right now? Who's, what teams are running the triangle? Nobody. Why not? If it's such a great offense, why doesn't everybody run it? Because it's hard. It's hard to learn. Once you get it, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's, it's a it creates gorgeous basketball the Lakers didn't always run the triangle. The Lakers didn't always execute the triangle. And it took them a little while to get going with the triangle, with with a um, 
a preseason with a training camp, and which which are things that Phil Jackson doesn't have right now. There's only four players on the team right now out of uh, a roster of 15 who have ever played the triangle before with Phil. That's it. So most of the team has never played it. Most of, So they're going to go from having trouble learning this hard offense to going and now in the middle of the season having to learn a totally new hard offense. So to Mitch and the bus boys as uh, we should call him, that didn't seem to make much sense. Because obviously if Phil comes, he's teaching the triangle. He's using the triangle. That's that's what he does. So did they want to go from one difficult-to-grasp offense to another difficult-to-grasp offense in the middle of a season? That's that's a question, you know? That's a question you ask yourself. Is that really the way to go? He One thing that they wanted to do, and Mitch had said, publicly is that they wanted to simplify things they wanted to simplify the offense for for the roster so that they can get out there and and utilize their talents you know one one knock of the usage of the triangle offense with this roster is that it would completely nullify steve nash he's useless in it you don't need a traditional point guard to to run the triangle phil has never had a traditional point guard in any of his championship teams um, running the triangle. And now he has Steve Nash. So what what are you going to do? Are you just going to blow him off? Or are you going to make him into a, a regular player? What What's the point of that? What's the point of having him if if that's what we're going to do? You know, And I'm sure that was a concern. That was a concern for uh, for the brass, for the Laker brass. You know, but I mean, in fairness, I mean, you can say that about any system. I mean, the team that the Lakers have right now is so ridiculously stacked. I mean, it's it's ridiculous that that no system, I think there is no system out there that is made to bring out the best in everybody that we have right now. You know, the 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 run and gun Mike D'Antoni is going to really benefit Steve Nash and it's going to benefit Dwight Howard but what about Pal Gasol it's going to make Pal Gasol kind of irrelevant you know and 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 the guys are too old to run that kind of offense so there's going to have to be adjustments obviously you know and we're all assuming that Mike D'Antoni is smart enough to make these adjustments I think he completely is you know, but but why can't we assume the same from from Phil? Would Phil have brought in some adjustments and had to tweak the triangle a little bit so that it can benefit somebody like Steve Nash? You know, I like to think of of course he would have done that. He knows that he would have he would need to do that, right? But see, the thing with the thing that makes Phil different than everybody else, different than any other coach, which is why everybody thought that he was the one and only option for a head coach that the Lakers had because he is Phil Jackson, right? There's nobody better. He's won more than anybody. And Phil knows that. Phil watches Sports Center. Don't think for a second that he doesn't. Okay. He hears all this stuff about him. He believes it. We Phil is Phil is not necessarily a humble guy. You know, but we let him, you know, we get away with it because he's Phil Jackson and he's won. He you he can be a little bit, you know, 
egotistical, confident slash. So I, I'm not guaranteed. I'm not convinced that he would totally try to go through the trouble of reinventing his offense so that he can bring out the full potential of Steve Nash. He could have come in and said, hey, whatever, Steve Nash, run the system. The system works. My system works. I've won 11 championships, okay? Do it. Get with the program, and we're going to win. Why wouldn't he do that? It's worked before. You know, we don't We don't know. You know, how much of the meeting that they talked about when they had, did they really talk about how is he going to adjust his triangle to bring out the talents of Steve Nash? It seems like they only talked about demands that how how can phil get out of uh traveling with the team you know so that that doesn't instill a lot of confidence in in me that he's going to come in and really do everything that needs to be done to bring out all the talents of of this team um mike d'antoni doesn't have the same uh background in terms of confidence slash egoism of it's my way or the highway, he has everything to prove. He wants to prove that his system that he runs is legit and can win a championship because the knock on him is that his system can't win in the cha- and can't win in the postseason. When when you get in the playoffs and everything slows down, that fast running gun type system can't win because you have to defend. That's the knock against Mike D'Antoni, and that's what he is now will be set out to prove everybody wrong. So he has every reason in the world to adjust his system, every reason in the world to find new ways to utilize the talents of, that, of everybody that he's had because he has never had a team with anywhere close to this amount of talent. He is going to do everything possible to to tweak and improve and bring people around him to help him to make sure to bring out every single ounce of potential that this team has. You know, why? So he can prove and validate the entire rest of his of his coaching career. You know, he is hungry. He wants to win. He he has never won before. He's never won a ring. Well, people say that's a knock on him. How could he bring in somebody who's never run a won or won before? Well, you know what? Every everybody in the history of everything has never won until they won. So there you go. Okay, so I don't want to hear that argument anymore. He's never won before. You know, LeBron LeBron James will never be the best because he's never won a ring. You know, but when Phil Jackson came in in 1989, became the head coach of the Chicago Bulls. Well, who's he? He's not going to do anything. How could he? He's never won anything before. I mean, Pat Riley, who people consider to be one of the great, greatest coaches ever. And there's they, people can Laker fans can argue all day long about who's the better Laker coach, Phil Jackson or Pat Riley. Pat Riley was a freaking radio announcer. He came out of the booth to coach the team. What had he won? Nothing. But you give him a chance, some motivation, and a great team, and look what happens. Okay, Mike D'Antoni has 50 times the amount of credibility and experience and a success that coming into the Laker job that Pat Riley had. Okay, there's no reason to think that he can't be successful here. There's no reason to think that he won't do everything he can and use his brilliant basketball mind to figure out a version a version of his system, an improved version of his system that will benefit this team and take them all the way. 
to win a championship. He has never won a championship. He is hungry. He wants to prove himself. That's something I can't say about Phil Jackson. How hungry is Phil Jackson on winning another championship? You know, how is he really, is he really ready to come in and work harder than he's ever worked before to really make sure that this team wins a championship right now? I don't see that. No, I'll sure I'll coach the team because I'm the best and uh, I don't want to really work all that hard because I don't want to go on road games and I want to get paid $12 million. You know, that that doesn't scream to me commitment and and doing everything that I can to make sure the team wins because Dr. Jerry Buss is all in right now. He is all in with this team. He has paid the money. He has put together one of the, the best rosters ever put together in the history of basketball, and he has to win. He, he is doing everything possibly in his power to make sure that this team has a chance to win. He's going all in for Kobe. The Kobe era is almost over, and he wants to make sure for everything that Kobe has given this city and this organization over his career he wants to give him every chance he could possibly give him of competing for a championship is phil jackson ready to do that is that his mindset personally i don't see it i don't see that and i think that's a bad thing for the lakers you know and i know it's it goes really against the status quo how could you say that phil jackson is not the best coach for this team right now well that's why you know, and I, I that I, that's what I think Mike D'Antoni will do. He he has the combination of the intelligence, the experience, and more importantly, the drive and the hunger to go out and prove himself, to get himself a ring, to get a ring for Steve Nash, who he I'm sure felt so bad all those years. Steve Nash Nash was so amazing and great playing for him, and he never got a ring. Well, now he has. The chance, the second chance that most people in this life don't ever get of a second chance and an opportunity to go out and make it right. He can go out and make it right, okay? That's what he's going to do. You don't think he's going to be motivated to do that? You don't think he's going to do everything in his power to make sure that he does that? Just for Steve, much less for himself? Of course he's going to. Of course this was the right hire. Of course this is the way we have to go. How, how many years was Phil going to coach after, after Kobe retires? Yeah, donut, zero. He would have walked right with Kobe, you know? And if, if he would have just come out and said, I want to bust my butt and do everything that I can to make this team win, but then I'm probably going to retire in two years, they, that wouldn't have been a deal breaker. Okay, cool, fine. We're already all in for Kobe. Let's do it. But, it, you know, if he's not going to be into it, and not going to work as hard as he can, and he's still going to walk after two years, It's is it worth it? Is it really worth it? You know, Yes, by not going with Phil Jackson, they have sacrificed a little bit of a mental edge that they would have had on every other team in the league, knowing if Phil Jackson is back with the Lakers. The Lakers have the stock, the stock roster, and now they have Phil Jackson. Damn it. Now how are we going to beat them? Yes, there is that mental advantage that you would have that now we will not have. But for me, that is a good thing. And let me tell you why. My biggest problem, and I have been saying this from the beginning, even before I started doing the podcast, I've been saying my biggest problem with the team 
It is not intelligence. It is not talent. And it's not even the scheme. The biggest problem with the team, with Phil Jackson, with Mike Brown, is the lack of consistent effort. The switch. When are they going to turn on the switch? Well, it's just the preseason. I know we haven't won a game in the preseason, but once the regular season starts, then it'll then things will get serious. Oh no, we can't win a game in the regular season either. You know, last two years, oh we're struggling in the regular season, but the, oh wait till the postseason. It's all about the postseason. Wait till the postseason. We're really going to turn it on. And then they get to the postseason and they try to turn it on, and they discover they can't because teams that turn it on. Every night, the teams that never turn it off, that go out and hustle every single night, teams like Oklahoma City, like the Thunder, like Denver, you know, even uh, the Spurs to some extent, even though Pop has a great way of kind of managing his stars, but the effort from them is always there, always there. Lakers have not had that. And that, that my friends, that is why so many people hate us. Because we're so good, and half the time, they don't even try. They go out there, and they play down to their opponent. They don't put out effort. That's why Charles Barkley hates hates the Lakers. That's why he never chooses the Lakers to win on anything, because he doesn't believe that we deserve it, because we don't go out and work every single night. We don't go out and try our best every single night. And that started with Phil. It started under Phil. We, we let it go because we won championships under Phil. But it still happened, and it caught up with us. It really caught up with us those last two years, and uh, the last year especially of, uh, of Phil's last time as, as a coach. It really caught up with us. You know, and Phil kind of lets that go. He's like, why why isn't the team working very hard tonight? Well, it's a long season. It's a marathon. It's an 82-game season. You know, the playoffs is when it really happens. So the, the players get that mindset. Yeah, it's okay. You know, it's all right. We're going we're gonna to get there. Don't worry. No worries worried. We're going to be fine. Even though we didn't put out the effort, we're going to be fine. And what was happening this year under Mike Brown? We have to be patient. We're going to be fine. It takes time. We're implementing a new system. But there's no energy. There's no effort. We're going to be fine. Nobody's pushing the panic button. Nobody's freaking out. We're going to be fine. It was the same crap. It was the exact same thing. And to me, the fact that the team seemed to have the exact same mental attitude, lack of mental toughness that Kobe has, and it didn't spread to anybody else because there's no, because there was no coach or coaching staff that demanded it from everybody. And so that's exactly how the team was. And it didn't change after Phil. It didn't change with Mike Brown because he didn't demand those same, that same amount of effort and maximum energy every single night. That is one thing that I know Mike D'Antoni does demand. That's one thing that he expects, and that's one thing that he demands. And he has the credibility to demand those things even out of his stars. If he does that, it's all good, people. It is all good because that is the only thing missing from this team and has been missing for years, even in the championship years when we kind of got away with it. We got away with saving it and and won a championship anyway with a lot of people. Charles Barkley didn't think we deserved it when we did win. And that is why, because we don't bring it every night. You know, yes, it is a marathon. Yes, the season is a marathon. It's a long season. But everybody else goes out and plays hard every night. Why can't we? That's what I see 
as changing. That's the one thing that I want to see change. And I think that there's no way that that would have changed, that would have happened under Phil Jackson. If Phil Jackson would have came back, if anything, the opposite would have happened. Because if everybody would have realized we have such a huge advantage over everybody else because we have Phil Jackson, the team would realize that. And the team would be like, oh, all right, we have Phil. Everything is fine. Almost like we just won the championship now that we have Phil. Now we'll just go out and go through the motions and get us our trophy, right? No. No, it wouldn't have happened, folks. It would not have happened. Unless Phil came in with a completely different attitude and different mind frame and different set of expectations and demands on this team, it would not have happened. But it can now because we have Mike D'Antoni. It can happen. We have the ability to do that. The last two games that the Lakers have played under interim coach Bernie Birkenstaff, have, that's what they've done. They've come out on all cylinders. They've come out with energy and motivation and passion. And we beat up on the teams that we're supposed to beat up on. I mean, we haven't beat anybody. Who who we beat? We beat, you know, Golden State and Sacramento. But if you've been a Laker fan for any amount of time, you know playing teams like that is not always a guaranteed win. More times than not, it's a guaranteed hard-fought game or even a loss. But it wasn't the case once Mike Brown is gone. That's what I want to continue under Mike D'Antoni, and I think he will. I think he's going to bring in the, the people, the right people that will help him make this a defense first. Or not Okay, let's not get crazy. A defensively oriented team. We're not going to be defense first. Okay, but there are guys on the team who are committed to defense. Kobe, Dwight, Meta. That's not going to just stop because we have Mike D'Antoni. Okay, that's, that's ridiculous. Okay, there was... Um, Oh, let me see if I can find it. Kobe uh, put something on his uh, his Facebook page today, and I think he addressed that very thing. Um, let me read it. He says, It's been a wild week to say the least. I'm happy to have closure and can't wait to get to work with Coach D'Antoni. Spacing, ball movement. And despite the chatter, I believe we will be phenomenal defensively. I'm looking forward to getting started with him and his staff this week. Mamba out. So there it is. It's not like the team is going to forget how to play defense. It's not like Mike D'Antoni isn't aware that he needs to up his defensive intensity on his teams. Okay? This is not a surprise. It's going to happen, people. Okay? I, I think this was the best case that Mike D'Antoni could teach for, or teach, sorry, could coach for years. Like I, I said before, Phil's going to walk in two years regardless. Mike D'Antoni could be the coach of the future. We, we could, Steve Nash is the only person on the team who's contracted past two years from now. He has a three-year contract, which is exactly what Mike D'Antoni has also. So there's a chance there could, there could be a team without Kobe, without Powell, that's Steve Nash and Dwight Howard and somebody else clear the books and make room for another huge type of free agent type person with an experienced coach who now has a ring or two around his finger, I mean, you're talking about you're going for the future now also. It's the best move for the team now because of attitude, because of mental toughness, and because of work, and it's the best move for the team for the future. So how could you not say that that hiring Mike D'Antoni shouldn't have been the first choice? And for all we know, 
maybe it was the first choice. I mean, it's so hard, like I said before, it's so hard to know what what reporting is true, what reporting is not. For all, for all we know, this was all spin. Maybe they always planned on getting Mike D'Antoni, but how could they not reach out to Phil Jackson, you know, who's available if they have a, a coaching need? You know, I mean, Mitch kind of telegraphed that in his press conference when, when he announced the firing of, of Mike Brown. He said we would be negligent to not look at somebody like Phil Jackson. We would be negligent not to. Maybe they had Mike D'Antoni in mind the whole time. May, maybe it's just because the X's and O's, they want a fast, up-tempo offense. They want something that the Lakers can pick up quickly and that they can have success quickly that's not too complicated. Mitch said that exact same, those exact same words in the press conference. That's exactly what Mike D'Antoni can bring. Maybe it's all because of that. Maybe they're not even aware of the huge effect it's going to have on the team's mental attitude and mental toughness, which I think is the whole ballgame. That is, that is it. Going back to Phil Jackson would have made the team complacent and elitist. Again, just like we have been in the past. Because we have Phil Jackson, we have Dwight Howard, we have Steve Nash, we have Kobe Bryant, we have everything. Nah, 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 nah. Now we can just coast and give us our trophy. And it doesn't work that way. The NBA is too good, everybody else is too good, and everybody else wants it more. It wouldn't have happened. The only way we're going to win a championship, even with this roster, is if we go out and fight and work every single game. And the only way that that's going to happen, folks, the only way that this team is going to do that is if, one, they have a coach that demands it, which Phil's not that kind of guy, and two, is if they don't have every single talking head in sports media telling them how great they are and how they're the, the, the best things in sliced bread, which now they're not. And it is a beautiful thing. I love it. Every single time I hear somebody on SportsCenter or on the media or on talk radio saying that this was a mistake, Lakers made the wrong hire, Lakers are going are gonna to fail with Mike D'Antoni, I say bring it on. And I hope the team is listening because now they have something to prove. They can, they can go out and prove it to the world that they're still able. Prove it to the world that they're not too old. Prove to the world that they can still get this done. Mike D'Antoni has to prove to the world that his schemes work, that he can be better. He can be a better coach than he was. We're not trying to turn the Lakers into the 2005-2006 Phoenix Suns. That's not what we're trying. We're trying to make them better than the 2005-2006 Phoenix Suns because those two Suns teams, they were great, but they didn't win. We're trying to be better than that. We're trying to win a championship here. We're trying to be better than anybody thinks we can be. And the only, and what we need, what these guys on this team need to do that is for people to tell them they can't. That's what they need. because, And that's what's happening right now, which is a beautiful thing. Stephen A. Smith, you're an idiot, but keep talking. Keep talking, my man, because that's what we need. Because you're loud and people listen to you. People hear you. So keep saying how the Lakers aren't going to have success with Mike D'Antoni. Keep saying how it's a, it was the wrong mistake. Keep saying it was a ridiculous hire. Keep at it because that's what we need. So we have a reason to prove everybody wrong and go out and win a championship and then go out and win another championship. Yes, with Mike D'Antoni as the coach. And hopefully with, an, with a coaching staff that maybe includes Nate, Nate McMillan, which would be a coup, and maybe even holds on to some of the uh, the holdovers of the, the guys that are coaching right now, who I think are doing a really great job, even though they're in kind of a lame duck status. 
So bring it on, okay? We are in fans, Laker fans, it's okay. It's going to be okay. We are in a really good position right now. It's going to be incredibly fun. This season is going to be amazing. It's going to be so fun to watch. Hopefully, DirecTV will get his crap together and make the deal so we can all start watching the games, okay? Because it's going to be a beautiful thing. I think it's the, be- it's the best decision for us, regardless of who said what in the negotiations and did Phil say this and did he not say this? Was Phil the angel and didn't demand anything and said he was committed or was Phil demanding the world and the farm or, or whatever, something in between? It doesn't even matter because this is the best thing for the team right now. So let's all get on board, support this coach, and support this team and hopefully everybody else will keep saying how much we're going to suck because that's what we need, folks. That's what we need to win, and that's all we want is to win another championship. Yeah, baby. Go late.